0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call the Fantastival, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast, where well, I invite my guests to come on and talk to me all about their musical tastes, memories, experiences... And they get to collect their fancy festivals which i have christened "fantastivals." we are now on to episode number 76 we're now in december unbelievably heading towards christmas and before we start this episode i'd just like to say a massive thank you to my last guests. they were a collective who came on they were all taking part in the fabulous mind aid single so i had jordan murray from arcade state who i love Jodie finlay from sylvie jillian macker from distant images and Lottie, so it was the biggest, it was the most ambitious, fantastical podcast yet. It was amazing. So if you haven't listened to that yet, please go back and check that one out. That was amazing. So that was last week, but I move on now to this week. Like I said, number 76. And I'm delighted to introduce this gent. I've really been enjoying music that his band does. They've been described as formed in a scale psychedelic stewed finesse with some West Midlands indie, which I think is a great description of the band. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Paul from Three Little Wolves. Thanks,
1: Steve. Evening, everyone. Thanks for having me here.
0: Mate, pleasure to have you on the podcast. I've been really excited to get, to get to speak to you. I've been listening to your stuff that we'll come on to in a bit, but before we start talking about music that I'm sure we'll have a great chat about, I always like to check check in with my guests, make sure how they've been. It's been a difficult 18 months, two years now, almost. So how have you, have you been, Paul?
1: Oh, strange times, man. Strange times. And I think... Well, people overuse the word unprecedented, don't they? But like, you know, nothing that we will we have encountered before in our lifetimes ever. But, you know, you've got to look at the positives, I think, haven't you? You've got to look at the way it brings people together, the way it brings the online community together. And I think, you know, none of us were ever alive in the world wars, were we? But people talk about the blitz spirit and things like that. And I think, that you know, certainly... It, it's created more community in a sense, I think, because people have had to look after each other a little bit more. And, you know, there's there's been quite a lot of um, focus on people's mental health because yeah. they're kind of stuck in the house all day, working from home, maybe not allowed to leave the house at certain points. And I think you've, you've got to look at the positives of all that and think that, you know, I'd like to think communities have been strengthened by that both kind of virtually um, and in the real world really and you know people are going through a lot of tough times but you know hopefully um onwards and upwards man isn't it you know it's kind of we're not we're not quite out of the woods yet but people are starting to get a bit of normality yeah. back and it just shows shows what's important in life doesn't it you know your friends your family and everything it just reinforces those roots that you've got I think so yeah Overall, you've got to you've got to try and draw the positives from these situations, aren't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely have. Very well said. So I obviously introduced you to Paul from Three Little Wolves, but tell us a bit about yourself, Paul. Who is like the man and the myth and the legend, and what would you like to do?
1: What do I like to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I suppose... As you say, kind of West Midlands Indian, um, a scout's base, really. So kind of if if you grow up in Liverpool, you've got to be into football and music. You've just got to be into football and music. They are the rules, really. So, you know, I'm a mad Liverpool fan um, and I'm a mad music fan. And that is pretty much what I do, you know. (laughs) Um, And I think they're both pretty healthy pastimes to have most of the time. So yeah, that's what I spend most of my time doing really, either kind of like cheering on Liverpool or, well, music's just so encapsulating, isn't it? And I think if you're in a band as well, so you know, you write stuff, you record stuff, you practice, you play live, so that's all that side of it. But I'm just a massive, massive music fan and always have been really. So going to gigs and festivals from an early age, listening to music, obsessively all the time so i think with kind of twin passions like that you, you won't go far wrong in
0: life you know yeah great stuff have you always been in bands it sounds like you've probably been around music and playing guitar and singing for, for quite a while
1: yeah i mean kind of i kind of started taught myself guitar early when i went to uni um mainly as a bit of a ploy to get girls well because like it seemed to be the way to go um <laughs> so yeah the the girls worked out variably but the guitar kind of stuck with me really um so then yeah once you start playing you play other people's stuff you know pretty much everybody learns guitar to oasis and all that sort of stuff and then you start to try and do your own versions of that Um, and then you start to think do you know what i love all this stuff so much. Maybe try and create something that's kind of new, kind of mine, kind of different. So I suppose I started writing stuff when I was kind of, oh I don't know, about twenty three ish, something like that. And then when you get to that point, you well, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of solo artists out there, and I can see the kind of the the value of that. But I'm a bit of a social animal, man, and it's like I always like I've always liked to be in bands and kind of like share that stuff with other people you know and, and celebrate that stuff together so yeah kind of certainly um since i've been in the west midlands i've been in kind of band after band after band um kind of back in the day really before um all this stuff in terms of you know spotify social media and all that you know kind of back in kind of like playing pub gigs, hawking your CDs around, stuff like that, you know, giving CDs to promoters and keeping your fingers crossed that they give you a call. So, yeah, so it's something that I kind of... I think it's in your blood, you know? I think it's in your blood to write songs and it's in your blood to want to try and perform it. So, you know, that's something that's always been, like, really close to my heart, really. Um, So, yeah, kind of been been in bands for a long time, doing doing different things. And, yeah, kind of settled up to where we are now, really.
0: So let's hear about what you're doing now. So Three Little Wolves, uh, like I described at the beginning, which is a great description uh, of the band. Scouse, psychedelic, stew, finesse with some Midlands indie. So how did Three Little Wolves come to be?
1: Um, so, like, me and Dale. So Dale's our bass player been in a couple of bands with him for for years he's a really really good mate of mine like we've known each other a long time Um, and kind of lockdown seemed to kind of um, dissolve everything really for a lot of people i think and kind of i, I was going through a, a bit of a weird period in my life as well so i just thought you know i'll just start writing some stuff myself so it started as a bit of a a, a solo venture really a bit of a solo project just to fill in a bit of time while everybody's stuck in the house and almost just a bit of a music therapy really um so i started recording some stuff just myself demos and then I th- I, and then i got that old feeling of i don't want to do this on my own do you know what i mean so kind of like started to um get more people involved so Kind of spoke to dale and i was like do you know what do you fancy doing something else you know like the latest incarnation of what we've <laughs> done in the past and yeah he was bang up for it like he always is and so then we started to get something together and then we've had um Karine join us on keyboards as well and i think in the past we've done very straightforward indie rock stuff you know guitar drums bass vocal, lead and rhythm, that's been it. And I just wanted to do something a bit different this time. So, you know, having a keyboard player in and having some samples and things, it's just given a bit of a different dimension really. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of, we're still exploring that really in terms of sound. So, but that's definitely added, um, added a different layer to anything I've ever done before. So it's really creatively, it's quite exciting. And um, yeah, we, t- we we seem to be writing some good stuff, so it's all going pretty well.
0: Yeah, it's really good from what I've heard, and it seems like you've had, you've done quite a lot in twenty twenty one in terms of there's quite a few tracks on Spotify, there's quite a few standalone singles, and there's an EP, and there's already like a remix. So there's quite a lot out there already for quite a new project, so to speak.
1: Yeah, um, so we kind of, I mean, we we basically written about what 25 songs maybe something like that but you know you've got to filter that stuff out haven't you you know you can't just say boom here is everything yeah. and then kind of sink without a trace so and and then it kind of becomes about fit as well so you know we kind of we're quite eclectic, the stuff we've written. So there's kind of, um, there's acoustic stuff, there's pretty instrumental stuff, um, there's stuff that's a bit more dancey, there's stuff that's a bit more of your straightforward indie rock. So when you try and develop a bit of an identity as a band, you start to think, well, what is like our common core and and what do we want to do? What's like our common thread? So we've got kind of, um, we've got an album together, which is 11 songs. And, and for them, it was about fit, really. You know, people talk about B-sides and things like that, but I don't think any of the songs we've written is any worse than any of the others, really. It's just about a cohesive whole and you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame about the uh, spotify skip generation and to be honest i'm as can be as guilty of that as anybody else you know like putting monthly playlists together all the artists that you like and actually it's harder these days in a in a theater of choice to sit down, listen to an album and enjoy that album as a whole. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, like I say, as, as guilty as anybody else of that, really. But I still think that the album is a pure artistic statement and, and there's a massive place for albums still. But i just think there's a bit more um competition in terms of people's listening and the way that people listen to music so so yeah we've got an album that's a kind of a cohesive whole that we're kind of looking to put out next year really you know like like i've said before really that kind of there's a bit of a time lag on vinyl that can be frustrating but you know i think it's worth it to get something out that's almost like a whole body of work that fits together nicely that that kind of reminds me of all the albums that i've loved kind of through the years and through the years you know so i think i think there's still a place but um, yeah it's just it's a bit of a battle these days i think to kind of get your album out there as a product and get it listened to so
0: yeah absolutely but until the album comes out you are on spotify you're on Apple Music, you're on Bandcamp. So if anyone's listening to this and thinks you sound like an interesting bunch and they are a great band, people can go listen to Three Little Wolves. Easy as pie, right? Just on all the normal streaming platforms.
1: Yeah, we, we like I say, we just wanted to filter stuff out. I mean, kind of, it's... I'd have to say it has taken us a little bit by surprise by the response that we've got, which is great. You know, you don't know when you put your music out there for the first time, if anybody's going to listen to it. And to be honest, this sounds really, um, you think artists would say this, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter to us if there's one person listening, or thousands of people listening, because actually we just enjoy making music, you know, I and mean, it doesn't matter if we're playing to one person, or hundreds of people, we just enjoy making music, and, and there's the whole, if anybody likes it, it's a bonus, and it, it's just, really flattering and really humbling when we release stuff and people like it you know it's still we still get the novelty of that every time we bring something out people listen to it on spotify or other streaming platforms people are saying nice stuff on social media it still just kind of really blows us away really that people enjoy our stuff you know which is which is great it's just it, yeah it's really healthy really and kind of i wouldn't say it once it makes you want to keep going because we will just always do that anyway but you know people um people enjoying it of course it makes you feel good it, it, it's really um affirming i suppose of what you do
0: so paul you've mentioned three little wolves Lots of different genres of music all going on, but in terms of your own personal music tastes, do you have? Are you? Do you have a genre that you're into more than any others, or do you listen to lots of everything? What What do you listen to?
1: I guess kind of again going back to uh, growing up in Liverpool, really. So like, I think I was at the right age when Britpop pop mm. took off, just exploded and took off. And, and there was such a, a variety of music around at that time. It's easy to think of that time as Britpop, but actually there was loads of stuff going on, you know. Kind of, so, like, you had all the dance elements, like um, the Chemical Brothers and Prodigy, Left Field, um, and then you had all the trip-hop Bristol stuff, which I just absolutely loved. And then even well again kind of that's when kind of cream happens as well so like one night i might be going to like um an indie club and then the next night i might be going to cream you know so those kind of um dance elements and kind of indie elements really kind of Run in parallel for me um, all the way through the 90s. And that's kind of what, um, what shaped me, really, kind of musically, I think, definitely.
0: Amazing time to grow up. I think we must be of a similar ilk. I won't ask you how old you are. And obviously, you've got more hair than me that I can clearly see via a Zoom screen, <laughs> but I thought we might be of a similar, <laughs> similar age. Is there anything new that you're listening to or you're listening back to now? I'm still listening to a band called October Drift, who I saw last month, who I really enjoyed. And I've been listening to the Oasis-Nebworth live album obviously being at Nebworth and it's just got a release finally after all these years. I've kind of gone back to my uh, my youth, so to speak, and been back in that field when I was 16 years old. What, what are you listening to at the moment?
1: Yeah, um, well, I am a bit of a kind of a, a new music junkie, really, and always have been. So, you know, anything new that comes out, I want to give it a listen because I'm always kind of like just on the lookout for different sounds, different bands and things that sound different. I mean, but there's loads of... Um, Almost retrospectives on Twitter. There's a lot of like 90s nostalgia, oh, which yeah. is not such a bad thing because it almost forces you to go back and think, Do you know what? I'd f- Not forgotten, but I hadn't heard that for so long. So people do top 15s, and then you get involved in the top 15, and you're like, do you know what? I have to, I'm going to rank the songs of a band that I used to love, well, still do love, but haven't heard for a while. And it just reminds you how good they were, you know. I did like um, a Primal Scream one recently, you know, the the back catalogue that they've got is just amazing. I'm involved in the Doves one at the moment. Doves is just an amazing band. But when it comes to new stuff, I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. It's amazing. I love Dictator. I love Dictator. I just think that they are they are different. They're different. They're unique. I, I just think they're fantastic. Heavy North as well. Love the Heavy North. They're just, um, yeah, a quality band. I'm really looking forward to that album. I think it'd be fantastic. So, yeah, it's kind of it's keeping that balance, isn't it, between listening to new stuff, but mm-hmm. also rediscovering the stuff that you've always enjoyed, you know, and actually you haven't listened to for maybe six months, a year.
0: Yeah, that's something that I guess this podcast has given me in terms of I wasn't really in with the independent scene, I didn't really know much about it, but in the last six months i found some amazing bands and some amazing music, it's out there, you've just got to find it and know where to look for it. And I guess as bad as Spotify mm-hmm. can be for artists as a consumer, it's helped me to find lots of great new stuff and put me in contact with lots of great acts. So a great time to be a music fan, I guess. Well, Paul, let me take you back. Let me take you back then. We're of similar age. Do you remember the first record that you bought or the first single that you bought and what that was? Yeah,
1: so I, I suppose it developed don't you, as a child? So like as a child, I always liked music, but I wouldn't say my music tastes were that refined because I was a child. So, <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, buying like you know like the now compilations hmm. and stuff like that do you remember those yeah so like and, and then you kind of start to get you start to define what you're into if you which i suppose is these days is just the equivalent of a massive spotify yeah. playlist in it if you're buying the now albums and then what i think the first the first album that i bought that i got into was um Achtung baby by u two and i think kind of like that was really dark to me at the time like the age that i was at i was like whoa this is different and you know never never really like knew of U two that much because i was kind of that sort of age but when i heard acting Bay, i was like okay this is different um and then just became like a massive u2 fan from 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 then on in not so much these days but you know that was kind of almost like a gateway to something that sounded like a bit different, lots of heavy guitars, A little bit of dance in there as well. And that was quite um, pivotal really. And then, like I say, it wasn't that long after because, well, so then Nirvana came along and I was like, OK, that's something different again. And then it just whooshed into pop, didn't it? And, right. and you know, you couldn't move for quality albums and quality bands. So, um, yeah, kind of found me groomed there, really.
0: <laughs> Great stuff. And you've already mentioned... Festivals about talking when you were talking about when you you were younger. I'm guessing that you were quite a big music festival fan and you've probably been to quite a few.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, around that time, really. Um, I think I went to the first um, V Festival before it was called the V Festival. So I think it was called the Heineken Music Festival, um, and it was in Leeds. And like, I, we were only like young at the time, but we got a coach up to Leeds for this um, festival. a Couple of days, like totally just blew my mind really I had a mate who was in a band called Cecil um, they were a Liverpool band and I, I went to school with him and I was like do you know what like let's go and see you perform live on the stage like which was just amazing but then yeah the whole weekend just blew me away and I remember um we we were due to get the coach back from Leeds the National Express and we missed the coach and ended up like you know couple of teenage lads, no money, nothing like totally unprepared for an eventuality like that. And we slept on the floor of um, Leeds train station. <laughs> so I just had me kind of like me jumper bundles up into like a little pillow. Me like me keys and me money underneath me head and just kind of like slept on the floor of Le- Leeds train station and kind of like shivering away. And that, and, that, and then I was kind of hooked, you know, after kind of an experience like that, and never looked back. I mean, kind of, I've always made a point of going to a couple of festivals a year since. You know, I just think there's nothing better. I mean, I think, talk about football before, like, you know, there's quite... People say football brings people together. Yeah, OK, you know, you've got a stadium of 40,000 people. Still a bit tribal, though, isn't it? You know, you've got kind of... This half rooting for this team, this half rooting for this team, you know, something like Glastonbury, you've got hundreds of thousands of people totally united in what is going on and what is going on in front of them. And I think, you know... I don't know about you, man, I'm I'm not a religious man, but actually, I think that's a pretty religious experience, you know? that that, that Everybody, there's such a a spirit of positivity and just pure joy and just to be part of those things and, like, in a crowd and feel that, I think it kind of, like, it almost takes you to another level, really. And, of course, you've got the sunshine, your mates, a few beers, live music. You know, this is, what is wrong with that picture? It's just such a pure <laughs> thing. Like, And I really missed it, actually, over lockdown. Really missed it. It's one of the things that I missed the most, really, going to festivals. So, it's um, yeah, it's good to uh, get back out among it, really. Just enjoy that experience.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed your answer to that, actually. I think everyone's got, like, a, a rite of passage gig where they've been stranded somewhere me and my mates got stranded <laughs> after Nebworth in a field, God knows where we were, somewhere around Stevenage, and we had to call mate's dad from a phone box because there weren't any mobile phones then to pick us up. So great story there. So, again, no spoilers, Paul, but do you have any gigs that you look back on that you've seen an artist and you just look back on and you go, wow, that was phenomenal?
1: Yeah, loads. <laughs> I, I, I really used to be into um, a band called and you know, Manson, know yeah. Uh, yeah, amazing, yeah. And went to watch them in um, Chester Northgate Arena, which is almost like a leisure centre, really. So you've got this kind of like intimate little venue and they just absolutely blew the roof off, blew the roof off and just blew my mind completely. Um, just like I just think that they, they were just such a a creative different slant on guitar music anyway but like the experience of a live show like that was just just absolutely mind-blowing i mean that 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 would be probably number one in, in in the gigs that i've been to um and just seeing people at their prime seeing people like um Supergrass when they were young youthful full of energy and just kind of stunning musicians you know on a festival stage five o'clock in the afternoon when beautiful sunshine and they are just going for it, you know, that, that that's another one that really um, sticks in the mind um, and the dance acts as well you know, kind of the Chemical Brothers and Faithless, Massive Attack, you know, seeing um, people like that with like light shows and strobes and these beats Faithless played at my uni, just when kind of Insomnia had started. But they were doing like a bit of a uni tour, because I don't think they quite kind of expected what was going to happen. And they finished the gig, they come down through the crowd... And I kind of um, hugged Maxi Jazz just in a bit of a drunken (laughs) hug. Only a little guy um, in a bit of a drunken hug and just said how wonderful that they were. And then they went to the back of the hall and started selling their own merch from the back of the hall. And I'm like, you know, that... Stuff like that is pretty incredible, isn't it? And then literally months later, they were just like this massive global success. But um so seeing somebody like that at a point like that is pretty amazing. And seeing it like a dance act like that perform with live instruments Mm. and all the synths and the samples as well it's just something else man you know i remember going to see um basement jacks as well not that long ago but that was just a pure party a pure party and a real kind of um carnival show so um yeah there's loads of different reasons aren't they kind of gig stick with you Mm. i mean i've seen oasis saw oasis at main road great show but for me, it's 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 the intimacy. Sometimes you know, and I enjoyed that, but it did feel a little bit removed as well. So yeah, I think um, I think you you just can't you just can't beat when it's always like a fire's been lit within the audience, yeah. you know, and everybody's kind of sharing that together. So yeah, lots I could mention, but there's <laughs> highlights that come to mind.
0: Some fantastic highlights, some great stuff there. So like I said at the top of the podcast. This is all about getting Paul to collate his fantasy Festival. So Paul can choose any five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full. And Paul gets to pick an encore which all five acts can perform together at the end of his Fantasy Festival. So it's very simple. Five acts take five time slots. So in the last normal edition of the fantastical podcast, I had Jodie on from Sylvie. She collated her Finstival Fantasy Festival. So she had Sam Fender in her opening act slot. He played his album Hypersonic Missiles. In her Super Seconds act, she picked a Swedish artist called Leon, who I hadn't heard of, but she's really good after checking out her stuff. In her Midway Madness uh, slot, she went for the Pretty Reckless. In her pre-headline act slot, she picked Florence and the Machine. And to headline her fantasy festival, she had Stevie Wonder. And then she brought them all back on stage to play as as her encore, which is a Stevie Wonder track, uh, which was fantastic. So before we talk about your fantasy festival act, Paul, you get to name your fantasy festival and you get to give your fantasy festival a venue. So your fantasy festival, Paul, what are you going to call it?
1: Okay, so I'm going to go for rainbow rocks uh, for reasons which will become clear later on. I don't, I don't want to quite uh, give away the, uh, the reason for that. I mean, rainbows are pretty cool things anyway, to be fair. But um,
0: it will become clear later. Love it. So Rainbow Rocks. And Paul, you can take us anywhere that you want to hold your fantasy festival. You can have it literally in someone's garden. You can have it in a park. You can have it at Anfield where your beloved Liverpool play. You can take us across the States to the pond. You can take us anywhere. Where you like... So, Paul, where do you want to hold your fantasy festival?
1: Well, I quite like... I've always wanted to go to South America, yeah? I just think that would be, like, a pure adventure. So, I think we should go for Rio. I'll have it on the beach in Rio, please.
0: Oh, I love it. Amazing. that
1: would be fantastic. Very good. Glad- I've always wanted to go to one of these warm festivals which i've never been to you know in kind of spain and portugal and stuff and i think well it's quite a nice combination is it kind of like being on the beach you guarantee good weather which is always a good thing you know don't get me wrong i'll be to be fair share of mud monster rain fests and that's fun in its own way man but you know i think there's nothing better festivals need sun and i know that's not always a popular opinion and you know people um People kind of rise to the occasion when you've got all this crappy, slushy mud everywhere. But trust me, festivals need sun. So so let's uh let's have it on the beach in
0: Rio. <laughs> I like it. Very exotic. I don't think we've had a fantastical in Brazil yet, so I'm very excited about going to Brazil got my suntan cream on and I'm ready to go and listen to some good music in a warm climate. But before we go for your five acts then, Paul, I'm pretty aware you've mentioned so many great acts already that getting your list down to five must have been very tough. Are there any acts that you want to shout out who you love but for one reason or another aren't in Rainbow Rocks? Wow,
1: absolutely. Loads and loads and loads. And it's kind of... It's difficult, isn't it? It's like choosing your favourite yeah. children. Um, <laughs> like you know, I could have just done my favourite bands, but actually you've got to think about it in terms of a, the context of a festival and what fits, haven't you? So there's kind of like look, people competing for headline slots and whatever, but like you, you want it to flow, don't you? I remember seeing um, a band called The Bees in um, Isle of Wife Festival. They're great. You know, real kind of psychedelic, um, 60s, trippy sort of vibes. And actually, they'd have been quite a good afternoon slot. Dodgy as well. They'd have been fantastic in an afternoon slot. And then kind of like, I really like um, Taming Parlour. Taming Parlour would have been superb. Daft punk, I think, would have been a good shout as well. Yeah. You know, lo- loads had to kind of like be cold and fall by the wayside, like, and uh, you do you feel you feel guilt, which is just the most <laughs> bizarre thing <laughs> in the world, don't you? But, you? but you actually do feel guilty about those who had to be left behind. So certainly, um, certainly those, yeah, I felt uh, I felt very, I felt like I was kind of drowning them in a the bathtub, which is uh, all a bit, <laughs> bit tragic, really. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my choice. I think, and I think it flows.
0: Brilliant. So I think it's probably about then to go through your five acts. So let's get rid of the guilt. So the guilt is gone. We're in Brazil. Lovely sunny day. We're on the beach. It's two o'clock, so it's time for your opening act to take the stage at Rainbow Rock. So, Paul, who's going to open Rainbow Rocks?
1: Right, OK. So first off, um, I'd really like to have a band called First Aid Kit. I think they're um, fantastic. I mean, I'm sure you know about them. Um, kind of two sisters from Sweden... Beautiful, beautiful songs, and their the harmonies are just something else. I remember, um, I think this was kind of what springboarded them, so they kind of posted a vid on YouTube, which was just them two, in a forest in Sweden, doing a cover of a Flea Foxes song, um, you know, t- Tiger Mountain peasant song, and I think that they were just two girls when they put that out on youtube and it's stunning man you know if you've never checked it out it's absolutely stunning and then i think that just utterly took off just because of their sheer talent and kind of springboarded them to to well-deserved greater things and i think if you kind of if you've got an opening act you want it to be nice and mellow don't you just to ease people in and i think i think them two would just be a great choice just them two in the guitars you know, they did um they did a song called um Emmy Lou for um Emmy Lou Harris, who's like the the great country singer, like and they performed it at one of a music award and she was there. Um and that's kind of like that footage is on YouTube as well. And she's kind of like watching the song that people who've idolized her since they were kids have written and performing on stage at an award ceremony that she's there, and it's kind of it's all too much for her, and she gets over emotional. And that's quite a powerful thing as well. So yeah, a lot of um lot of good um memories really of first aid kit. And like the, the albums they've released are just so pure um and, and just beautiful. Um so I think that'd be a really nice opener just to kind of get people into a, the right sort of frame of mind, really.
0: That's a great shout. So first aid kit, yeah. I mean I got into first aid kit, ironically. By seeing them perform Emmy Lou, I think at Glastonbury one night, and it yeah. was on BBC Two. I was like, you looked at them and you're like, what? These two don't look like they can play guitar or sing, and they like <laughs> open their mouths, and yeah, a great shout. So, First Aid Kit make their fantastical debut. So, the first time they've been picked, Paul, they'll be your opening act at Rainbow Rocks. They're going to play from two till three. We'll take a half hour break, then we'll be back for your Super Seconds act at half three. So, who you going to have, Paul, uh, follow First Aid Kit?
1: Okay, so. This is, this is one that I've changed and changed and changed, but actually I just can't leave them out because I just love them so much. So uh, next act's going to be spiritualized. I just think uh, I would have liked them a bit later in the evening, but, you know, got a little bit squeezed out by other stuff. But um, I just think this stuff is genius, man, absolutely genius. I mean, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space is just my favourite album of all time, bar none. I think when I kind of... Bought that for the first time, put it on for the first time. It just literally took my breath away. (laughs) Just in terms of kind of just the the variety, the variety of the songs, but all because there's so so many different ideas in there as well, which is really good. But just the variety and intensity um like stuff like uh, cop shoot cop is just really intense but then there's really tender fragile stuff as well like uh, broken heart which is just beautiful um and like apparently apparently i've heard that like um he can't read music and i, and I really like the idea of a guy who can't read music scoring orchestras <laughs> because like this is the sound that he's got in his head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I really like the idea of that, that like, it's just utterly natural and, you know, you can have all the classical training in the world and stuff, but like nothing can kind of uh, substitute for the fact that like, I've got these sounds in my head and this is what I want them to sound like. And kind of the, the, the emotion that, that they make you feel is just so, Somewhere else, man. Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, I'm definitely putting spiritualized in. I'm going to see them um, next year as well. Birmingham Town Hall, full choir, full orchestra. Um, never seen them before. Oh, wow! I can't wait. For them. That's going to be special. Really special. Yeah. You know. Be it's one of them, and I want to get round to see them at some point, and I thought, now is the point. So, yeah, spiritualized, I think. They've got to bring the gospel choir. They've got to bring the orchestra, and that will, that will just
0: soar, I think. Great stuff. So, spiritualized are your super seconds act. It's the second time they've been picked for a fantasy festival, so Brandon Lee from Flickerstick picked them a few episodes ago. So, Spiritualized will play for an hour. They're your super seconds act. Again, we'll take a half-hour break. That will take us to five o'clock. Then it'll be time for your midway madness act so paul who's going to be your midway madness act
1: okay well you've got to kind of after first day kids mellowed everybody out and spiritualized kind of like put everybody in quite an emotional place i think you've got to kick it up again haven't you really yeah. so um the next act i want to have is a band called confidence man who i just think are oh, fantastic you know real kind of upbeat, party, party music, unashamedly party music. So it's just like a guy and a girl from what I can determine. Like, I kind of I don't know that much about them. But I went to, um, like every year we tend to go to the um, live at Leeds Festival, which is kind of like it's a bit of a different one it's um it's a city center festival mm. so basically you pay you get a wristband there's about 20 venues open so they open up the student union and like the local um smaller venues pubs and you can just go in and out of everywhere and see some fantastic music so we went to see them and it was just an utter, utter party. So, like, you've got this guy and girl doing mad dance moves to just the most upbeat party tunes around. And, yeah, the talk about atmospheres. The atmosphere is absolutely bouncing. So, um, so, yeah, that would definitely be my next choice because um, they definitely get the party started, I think.
0: Great shout, not an actor I've heard of but I look forward to listening to them and they make their fantastical debut, so is it Confidence Man? Yeah,
1: Confidence yeah. Man, check them out Yeah,
0: absolutely, so Confidence Man are your midway man madness act, they'll play for an hour, they'll play from 5 till 6, so we've got 3 acts down, 2 acts left to go, so you're going to have your pre-headline act next, they're going to play from half 6 to 8 o'clock, so Paul, who's going to take your pre-headline act slot?
1: right i think i might have mentioned them before but um it, it, uh, in this slot of have primal scream i think that would be cool i think you know a massive back catalogue loads of variety um, really get the crowd up and pumping i mean kind of like um when you look at uh, scream adelica and um, valishing points um, exterminator They are three strong albums, really strong albums. And there aren't many bands around who's got three albums of that quality. Um, And I think to be for them, they could easily fill that slot, easily fill that slot time-wise, just by throwing out classic after classic after classic. And I think that that would... um, Yeah, I think people would really go for that. So, yeah, definitely Primal Screen.
0: Great band, and they've got so many different albums like you've mentioned at a classic. So I mean, my favourite one is the uh you have not even mentioned my favourite album. I can't even remember what one it is. It's the one with rocks as track one and it's a very stonesy bluesy yeah, one that they rebought out a couple of years ago, which is just a phenomenal album. So Primal Scream play their second fantasy festival. So they were mentioned very early on in the fantasy festival world but they haven't played one in a long time. So Bobby brings the boys over to Brazil. They're gonna have a great time they're gonna have a party in Rio, they're going to play from half past six to eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. So four acts down, one act left to go. We'll take half-hour break, and then it'll be half eight. And your headline act is going to get two and a half hours to close the Rainbow Rocks Festival. So who are you going to have, Paul, as the headline act at your fantasy festival?
1: I think, well... It, it could really only be one choice for me, and this is like my favorite band of all time, um, and that's Radiohead. I just think they are just something else. I mean, to talk about kind of like spiritualize, make you feel Radiohead, make you feel, and, and kind of like the, the the variety and the kind of t- musical twists and turns that they've had right from the first album right to where they are now is just astonishing, and, and the kind of the again it's ideas isn't it you know clever ideas you know kind of i mean the pablo horny it's OK. It's a bit of an introduction to the world. Um, the Ben, some great songs. OK Computer was what it was. But then after that, they were like, do you know what? We don't want to be doing the same old stuff. Yeah. We don't want to be doing kind of indie rock. We wanted to be doing something else. Um, and I think after OK Computer, they put a bit of an um, appeal out to fans to say, does anybody know any interesting chords? <laughs> it's because like we've kind of run out of chords and we don't really know what to do anymore. And we're a bit stuck. And they were like, well, somebody sent us, I don't know, a G sharp diminished seven that wasn't really that exciting. So they just chucked the rule book away, didn't they? And they were like, Well, do you know what? Let's get into electronic music. And then kind of like Kid A came out, which actually A lot of the fan base were like, we don't like that. But, you know, you've got to pursue your own creative path, haven't you? And I think this kind of constantly looking for new ideas really sets them apart. And, you know, kind of, like I say, the intensity and the emotion. And they've kind of soundtracked a lot of personal times in my life, really. And I've been to see them again and again and again, you know, different musical iterations of of where they are at a point in time. And then then they brought out In Rainbows, which is just spectacular. And and they're still going and they're still doing stuff now. And, And every album, they kind of, they bring something new and they're they're always looking to reinvent themselves and i like that it's like let's not churn out the same three chords for the rest of our career because people are buying it you know and let's get ourselves another rolls royce and another mansion they're like well what can we do that sounds different and you know you've got to respect that i think so yeah
0: great stuff so rain radiohead headline the rainbow rocks festival they'll play from half eight to eleven o'clock and at eleven o'clock you can get radiohead they're going to get Primal Scream, Confidence Man, Spiritualized, First Aid Kit to join them back on stage, and they all get to play one song to close the Rainbow Rocks festival. So, Paul, you can have him play any song that you would like him to play of your choice. So, what song would you have him all play?
1: I've got to say, um, kind of the bands were a tricky choice. It was tricky to select. It was tricky to order. <laughs> Both- this this was just something else because you just think, okay, what could they all do? What could it be? what do I like? what's what's festival appropriate um, and a good closer So in the end I went for an elbow and one day like this. I think that would be spectacular. I mean like I know I'm not massively into elbow. I know a lot of people really rate them. I'm not massively into Elbow, but like that tune is amazing. And kind of like you know the live versions I've heard with all the strings and everything, it's just quite awe inspiring. And I think that as a as a closer would would just be epic. With with a with a lot of bands that have a reputation for being quite epic, um, I think that just blow the roof off on the beach.
0: Yeah, great shout, great shout. That's a great track. All right, so let's lock your fantasy festival in then so we've got rainbow rocks taking place at rio beach in brazil south america in your opening act we've got first aid kit super seconds we've got spiritualized midway madness we've got confidence man pre-headline act. we've got primal scream radiohead headline in your fantasy festival and for your encore they're all going to play one day like this before we lock it in paul do you want any of your acts to play one of their albums in full
1: Yeah, well, like I say, about Rainbow Rocks, I mean, like, Radiohead are my favourite band, and In Rainbows is my favourite album (laughs) of theirs, so it would have to be that,
0: really. Great shout, great shout. I think Damon from Ocean Colour Scene a few episodes ago picked the very same album, so you're on very good terms there with uh, Damon, because I'm sure he picked the same album, which was a great album. Um, So, no, actually, Damon picked How to the Thief, so another Radiohead album... Gets picked differently, so obviously Radiohead going down very well in the world of the festival. So that line that completes your fantasy festival. So before we finish, in Paul, what do the next few months look like for you? I mean, gigs as they stand are back on. You've mentioned about trying to get this album done. So, so what do the next couple of months look like for Three Little Wolves?
1: Yeah, I mean, like if, I think going out playing live has got to be. Um, our priority really, you know, I mean kind of we've got a lot of stuff recorded. We've got a lot of songs in the bag, um, and it's just about going out and playing now. So we kind of done a couple of gigs towards the tail end of this year. Um and we're gonna book them in for January, February, March and see where we go from there. A couple of local West Midland ones, apply for a couple of festivals so we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, that will be a bit of a dream come true to play a couple of festivals in the in the new year. And just, yeah, keep bringing out music that people enjoy, hopefully. (laughs) And just kind of see how everything goes. It seems to be, um, people seem to like it so far, so let's just
0: keep doing it. Absolutely. So let's give it a big push in. So social media, a massively big thing. So where can people find Three Little Wolves on social media? How do people find you?
1: Okay, so uh, we're on, I mean, Twitter's kind of our, our main place, really. So we're at Three Little Wolves 1 on twitter we like twitter it's a nice community it's very interactive it's very cool very cool people on there we're also on instagram i think it's three underscore little underscore wolves we don't do facebook because it's just too much stuff to do (laughs) but certainly um yeah twitter instagram spotify all the usual
0: channels Great stuff, great stuff. And it, like so, people want to find your music. You're on Spotify. You're on Apple Music. So go out there, listen to some free Little Wolves. It's great stuff. You won't be disappointed. And I look forward, if you come to London, I look forward to seeing you in London. And if I find myself in the Midlands, which I do sometimes, I will come and check you out, hopefully, at a gig. So that is it then. And thanks to everyone for listening to the 76th episode of of the Fantastical Podcast. And if you've enjoyed this and are listening for the first time, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes if that's how you're listening or to give us a follow on Spotify or Anchor. And please recommend the pod to all your friends and your families. list Little Wolves are on Twitter, so is the Fantastical Podcast. We are at P so don't forget to give us a follow. And if you're not on Twitter, you can give us an email at fantastifulpodcast at outlook.com. Unfortunately, you can't play music in podcasts, but I'll get some tracks from Paul from his chosen artist and we'll make a spotify playlist of there and we'll get some free little wolves tracks as well to put into that playlist as well uh, and you'll be able to find that in the playlist description for this episode so scroll down on whatever device you're listening on you'll see a little spotify link go and click on that and that will take you straight to the tracks that we have talked about in this podcast so all that's left to say is a huge thank you to my 76 fantastical podcast guest paul it's been a pleasure speaking to you Massive music fan, great knowledge, great fantasy festival. How did you find collecting your fantasy festival? I, I feel like it must have been very tough for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was probably one of the toughest things I've ever done. It's like it's the time it takes, you know. You have, you have to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and refining, and you're still never happy with it. But, you know, I'm, I'm pleased we did it. I'm pleased we did it because, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty strong lineup to put together.
0: Yeah, it's genius. It's genius. I look forward to people listening and interacting with it. And I wish you the best of luck with Three Little Wolves in the future. I'm excited to see how 2022 goes for you. So I'll be back soon with episode number 77, which will be the last one of 2021. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening.